if they don't have nice threads, then you got to, you know, hey, you look all right. But you know, our threads that we have on, we often take them for granted, don't we? And there's so many fabrics woven together in our threads, but they represent our lives. And for the last few weeks, we've been talking about faith. And just to kind of take us back, these are the areas we've been talking about increasing our faith and that we want God this year to increase our faith. And part of that, we have to understand what's in the fabric of our faith, what's, what's woven in between, what's holding it together, our faith. And, and we've been hitting these, these last six weeks uh, just a simple prayer of God increase my faith and stones of remembrance and digging deep into the word and persevering with the new me, persevering with trials and, and praying for your faith to increase and praying for other people's faith to increase. And last week we talked about encourage one another. And I hope you're encouraged today. If not, I hope you can leave here today encouraging somebody and then making sure that you get encouraged. But I want to encourage you this morning for getting up early this cold morning and being determined to say, hey, I want to be with Jesus and I want to be with the 9 a.m. service. And you know, when the, when the 11 o'clock people come in later, you can slap them a high five and say, yep, I left it hot for you in the, in the, in the temple. But you know, Paul talked about this idea of threads in his letter to the Colossians. And I want, I, want, I want you to hear what Paul said because he had this idea of threads and what he wanted from the church. He'd never met the church. It was a church planted by Epaphras. And Epaphras is one of his disciples. And then incredible about the gospel, the gospel went out not just by one person, but person to person to person. And this church was started by one of Paul's disciples, Epaphras. And so he writes this letter. And look at what he says in this letter Colossians 2, verse 1, in the message version, not many of you have met me face to face. We've never seen each other. But that doesn't make any difference. Know that I'm on your side, right alongside you. You're not alone. I want you just to stop and think about that right now, that you're not alone, that there's somebody side by side with you in another part of the world going through the similar things, maybe even more intense things than you are, that we're not alone. Sometimes we feel alone, but you're not alone. And Paul's saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. And look at what he says here. I want you as a church, the church in Colossian, Colossae, I want you to be woven into a tapestry of love, in touch with everything there is to know of God, then you will have minds confident and at rest, focused on Christ, God's great mystery. All the riches, treasures, all the richest treasures of wisdom, knowledge, are embedded in that mystery and nowhere else. And we've been shown the mystery. I'm telling you this because I don't want anyone leading you off to some wild goose chase after other so-called mysteries. Paul says, I, I, I want something special for you. And other things are going to be trying to pull you around. And you know what that's like in this world, right? We're getting pulled in a lot of different directions. And so for that reason, Paul said, listen, I, I really want something in your fabric, in the, in the fabric of your faith as a church. And what is that, that, that thread that he wanted so badly in the church? 
a tapestry of love. I want Jesus woven into your tapestry. And I want to talk about this idea of threads. And, and today we're going to be talking about the core values of our church. You know, and core values are so important in an organization, but they're so important in our lives and in the church. And all throughout Scripture, I mean, what did Paul want the one of the threads to be, which is kind of the parallel for core values? What, what did he want? And, and we started last fall to talk about a mission statement. It's, all, it's so important to have this this fall. We talked about that. And let's say these together. Our vision statement is to what? Love God, live change, and light the way. Do you know that every staff meeting we recite these? Every staff meeting that we get together on Tuesday, and we recite these words. Why do we recite them? Because we don't want to lose focus. We don't want to lose focus on where God wants to take us as a church. And then our mission, and we recite this, and so let's say this together. Our mission is to follow Jesus as disciples, connect as family, and go as missionaries. This is what we want to do as a church. And we rolled these out this past fall, and I, I appreciate the staff because we, we spent a couple of days just forging, God, where do you want to take us specifically as a church. And today I want to talk about these, this idea of threads in our core values. And uh, I, I asked uh, a good friend, Leanne Neal, to, because I know about, you know, the customs of the South. I grew up there. And they have these beautiful tapestries that are homemade. And I knew Leanne had one, so I called her and I said, Leanne, do you have a quilt? you know, a southern quilt. And this is what women do for each other. And actually, in churches, they, they make these beautiful quilts, and they're handmade. And if you look at, if you come up maybe later and look at the threads, each thread holds this together. And the threads are so important. And, and this, this blanket here, this, this quilt that Leanne's sister, I want, I want to read with you, read for you what it says on the back you know, and the, and the back's just as beautiful as the front. But it says here on the back, this, 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 this little sign says, here, made with love for Leanne. Gail Louise Tibets, Scarborough, Colorado, December of 2011. You know, and what they do in the South is that when they give you a quilt, you pass it on to your children and your children's children. And, and this is such a beautiful thing that they do because it provides warmth and it provides direction for a family when a family may lose its way. This is, this is what these threads hold us together. You know, and you think about our clothes and, and, and a lot of times you have threads that are not well stitched and what happens to those poorly stitched clothes. They come undone, right? And, and sometimes those threads, they're, they're a little itchy. They're uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but I look for comfort. And I look for something that's quality that's going to hold together, right? I don't spend a whole lot of time on clothes, but it's important, right? But a lot of times we take for granted the stitch. Is it a single stitch or is it a double stitch? See, because it's going to be under stress, it needs to be a double stitch. 
And I, you know, I hope you can come up and, and, and get a chance to look at this beautiful tapestry because it was made with a lot of love, but you see a lot of different pieces of fabric, but it all comes together to form one quilt, one cover, one cloak. You know what the parallel is, what Paul was saying? This is your life. And what's holding it together? What's knitting it together? What, what, what's, what's the thread like within your life? Are there threads, common threads, single stitch or, you know, just barely stitched together? And maybe that's a reason if you don't have a, a common thread or some common threads running through your life, maybe that's the reason it's coming undone at times. And just from my perspective, I'm seeing a lot of people's lives, not a lot, but some, they're coming undone with time. And you have to ask yourself, when people's lives start to come undone, you have to ask yourself, how, how good is the, is the thread that, it was, that was woven into that person's life? So we're, the next few weeks, we're going to talk about these threads how important they are, and, and core values are so, so important in your life because they're like threads that hold your life together. And if you do not have core values, threads, things that you hold to, they're so important to you, you will not let go of those things. If you don't have them, your life can come undone. But if you do have them, man, you... you you're going to be like this quilt on a cold morning where you can, you can wrap it around yourself and stay warm and stay together. And you know what else? If somebody is cold, you can, you can roll up on them and say, hey, I got this quilt. I got this life. I got this, this quilt. And come up under this, this well-woven quilt that's called my life. Come up under it so you can be warm because it looks like your clothes are coming undone. See, and that's the power of what we're doing as a church because we can provide strength, but, you know, a church is only good as the threads that it's built on. So I want to talk with you about two of the seven threads that we have as core values in our church. And it's so, so important that you and I get this, and I want to encourage you to, to establish core values in your own life. And you can steal these. But I got some other ones that are very important to me in my life on top of these. But these are really good, and I'm going to hold these. But as a church, this is what we've decided are our threads. So are you ready? Thread number one, it's the most important. It's, it's, the, it's the major thread that holds our church together. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's go back to Colossians. And these are our core values. And, and the first core value is Jesus is the center. Jesus is the center. He is the main thread that holds us together. And we're going to look in Colossians. And something was happening in society, in the church, in Colossae. And, and just like it is today, there was, a, there was a threat happening with the way they believed Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. It says here, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. In Him, things were created, 
Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Why is, why is Paul talking like this? Because at that time, the society was bringing Jesus down. There was a, there was a doctrinal threat happening in the church to bring Jesus down. Jesus is... Jesus is good. He's a prophet. But I'm not quite sure if he's the son of God, and I'm really sure that he didn't raise from the dead. See, that was what was happening. People were questioning and bringing Jesus down. We don't have that problem today, do we? Listen, there are professors in high schools and in colleges that are questioning about Jesus. And you have to have this sturdy thread in your own life of what you believe. And Paul's saying, listen, this is, this is a thread that's so important because a lot of people can cast doubt on Jesus and it's easy to cast doubt. But if you look at the fabric of their life, you say, mm, I don't want that life. I want this life well woven. And, you know, you think about it today, professors, celebrities, people are calling into question, even leaders of governments calling into question, Jesus. Jesus is good. Jesus is good. Son of God, not sure about that. Paul's basically defending the faith. He's saying, listen, I want you to be really, really clear about who Jesus is. Jesus is the image of God. He's the exact replica copy. He is God in the flesh. If, if you could, and I can't even imagine it, but if you could put God inside of a human body, there he is. That's Jesus. And he's the firstborn over all creation, meaning of all the levels of God's creation, Jesus is at the top. In a family, the firstborn son is at the top. Jesus is at the top. For in him, all things were created. And I want you to look at this as you go out and you see the green hills. Aren't the hills greener than you've ever seen them? I mean, think back about six months ago. How are the hills looking then? In the middle of our drought. Now, but if you look at the green, guess what? Jesus is in that green. You see that tree. See, because Jesus was there, John 1, Jesus was there when God did it. By his side, he's intricately involved. How important is Jesus? He's at the center of everything. Things in heaven and on earth. So there's things we haven't even seen yet, and Jesus is all through that also. Whether thrones or powers, you know, there's some people out there in the world that they, they have some, they think they have some power. They have no power compared to Jesus. But see, because Jesus came with a different power, a power of humility, a power of compassion, a power to help the weak and the sick, that's what threw people off. See, because it's not typical power. And he goes on and he says, all things have been created through him and for him. I want you to understand, if you're a guest here this morning, who you were created for. You think you were created for you. 
You think you were created for your boss or for your job or for your career, maybe for your degree. No. The original manual, you were created for Jesus. You were fitted for Jesus. He goes on in verse 17. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. So who's the head of the church? Elders, evangelists, ministers. No, it's Jesus. If you ever wonder who's in charge, just look to Jesus. See, because I may have a position of being the senior minister, pastor of the church, but I'm not really in charge, guys. I want you to know that. I, I take a knee. I take a knee to Jesus. He runs the show. He's in charge. He goes on. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have supremacy. Now, this is really, really important. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Now, let me just tell you about this word reconcile, what this word. Reconcile means exchange. Take something that is worthless, and I'm going to exchange it and make it priceless. See, this is just, this is just cloth. But to Leanne and the hands that made it, it's priceless. How much can I buy this for, Leanne? She say, it's not for sale. When God looks at you, he says, you're not for sale. Because to me, you're priceless. God's obsessed. He's obsessed with his love for us. How do I know that? Because it says it right here. He, by making peace through blood shed on the cross. How important is Jesus' message to us about our value? See, you're a masterpiece whether you know it or not. People around you, the world may be saying, you know, I don't know if you're worth that much. You need to get a better job. You need to get a degree. You need to get a higher salary. Your bank account's got to get up. You've got to get a better car. You've got to dress better. You've got to look better. You've got to sound better. You're just not worth that much. Ever heard those words? Ever grow up around those words? Well, you're not meeting up. See, Jesus is saying to us, guys, you're worth everything to me. That's why Jesus and his message, who he is, is at the center of everything he do. He's our why. Why did you get up this morning? Why are you going to go to work tomorrow? Everything we do needs to be wrapped around. And see, that's, that's a thread. That's a thread that's going to hold you together and make you special. But I don't know if this is important to you. A relationship with God. A relationship with your Father. I'm going to take you as a stranger. You know where Jesus talked about, you know, and sometimes his parables, he would say, go away from me. I never knew you. That's where we were. And that's where some of you may be. But when he comes into, when we come into sonship, he says, 
I know you. You're my son. You're my daughter. That's the exchange that happens. But see, this relationship that we can have with God, sometimes it's not really important to people. In our world, it's not really valuable. There are other things that are more important, like a career and a, and, and a bank account and, and, a, and a place. But let me just ask you, is this something important to you in your life? Is it the most important thing? My relationship with God is everything. It's what holds me together. And that's why I start each day with him. Because he's the one who's going to hold me together. Or are you like most people, this isn't very important because I'm getting pulled in all kinds of different directions. I'm what we call distracted. And this is a challenge for me and it's a challenge for all of us. I want to share with you this, this encounter. Jesus, he went to a woman's house. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now this woman, Mary, she was torn in pieces and Jesus put her back together again. And Martha watched it. But Martha was distracted with all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked him, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, we got this tension, right? And you got to feel for Martha. I mean, wherever Jesus went, guess where people showed up? So it wasn't just a meal for Jesus, Mary, and Martha, and Lazarus. There were a lot of other people there. So she had to make the food and get everything ready for all those people, right? And those people are saying, hey, Martha, what's for lunch? What's for breakfast? What do you got going on? And so she's feeling the pressure. And some of you could feel the pressure of life's demands that are being put on you. And they can pull you away from your most important thread that's going on in your life. Verse 41, Martha, Jesus tells her, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. So let me ask you, what's really needed in your life? What's the main need, the main thread that you need in your life? Well, I need a relationship. I need a, I need a guy. I need a girl. I need money. I need this. I need the other. Yeah, but what's going to hold all that together? See, because there's a lot of people out there with all those things and their lives are coming unraveled because they don't have a core value, a core belief that holds everything together. Jesus says there's only a few things neither. Or indeed, what's really the most important thing? Only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Isn't that awesome? Once you have it, Nobody can take it away from you. They might try. Let me ask you a question. What are people taking from you? You know, can I be honest? Some of us are more on the political spectrum than we are on the Jesus spectrum. We fall into that trap. Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Conservative, Progressive, Listen, 
if you're going to follow Jesus, he's got to be at the center. And you have to push all that stuff aside because it'll drive you crazy. You'll start having conversations with the television or the radio or the whatever. You just got to say, you know what? No, no. Somebody asks you, it's about Jesus for me. I'm really trying to follow him. I'm, I'm kind of like Mary. I'm, I'm like Mary. I'm just going to sit here at Jesus' feet and I'm going to listen. And if somebody wants to listen, I'll say, hey, you want to know about Jesus, what he's done in my life? how he's changed me, how he's transformed, and the incredible thing in it will not be taken. Our lives are filled with distraction preparations that have to be made. But will they steal your core thread in your life? It's your choice. You know, I can, I can talk about this every week. It's, you still got to make a choice. You still got to make a choice. The problem is, Sometimes we make poor choices about our common thread and we pay the price for it. So today I want to encourage you, make some core values and I hope this will be your primary thread. And, and, and you know, your choice of things and what's going to be at the center of your life. And then the last one, and we're going to hit this quickly, is our second core value in the church, the Lighthouse Church, is progress over perfection. Progress over perfection. See, some of us grew up in an environment where we had to be perfect, right? And if you're not perfect, guess what? You're no good. And, you know, if you're trying to do something with your life, you're going to find that you stumble along, right? How many of us have made some really, really mad, bad mistakes in our lives? Man, I've messed, I've messed things up in my life. And, and I want you guys to know, because sometimes you have a mis. mis understanding of who I really am. I've had a lot of failure wrapped around my leadership. And I believe this. I'm so thankful that I get to lead with Jesus because Jesus sometimes makes up for my failures and he uses my failures to make me stronger. Look at what, look at what Paul says here in Philippians 3 verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. You think you chose Jesus. See, Paul, Paul thought that, you know, hey, I've made the decision to follow Jesus. No, you didn't. He took hold of you. And he's not done with you yet. He's not finished with you. You may feel like, man, I've made such a mess. I don't know if he could still use me, help me, work with me. I'm such a mess. Listen, you're right where he wants you, and you've just got to decide, I'm going to press, I'm going to press on. In verse 13, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of, taken hold of it, but one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what's ahead, struggling to move forward. How many times do you think Paul failed and fell? F fell failed and fell a lot. And sometimes we think failure defines me. No, failure creates you. Cre failure makes you. And it's not about perfection. It's about progress. You and I have to be about progress. Hey, last week I was there, and this week I'm here, and I'm still moving forward. I got to share with you, this afternoon I'm doing a wedding 
in the Latin sector, Jose Antonio and Alicia. Let me just tell you about failure. Both of them. What a, what, a, what a really challenging past they both have. But yet Jesus is giving them a chance to start all over again. I mean, it's just, I, I can't even believe it sometimes. Only in the church of Jesus Christ can something like this happen. I'm just marveled at it. But some of us want to go, well, I'm not too sure about that. Because she did some things, and he did some things, and I mean, hey, you did some things. Isn't that right? You've done some things. So you better just roll that finger back up in your fist and put it in your pocket. Jesus knows, Jesus knows it's about progress, not perfection. And this is what Paul's, I press on towards the goal to win the prize and what's the goal? I want to be more like Jesus. And I know I'm not there yet in my, in my patience. And can I just say this? I need your prayers this week because I got to press on. My mother-in-law arrives tonight. And I need your prayers because I got to be like Jesus. You have no idea like I got to be like Jesus this week. Okay, will you do that? Will you pray for me? I'll pray for you. Okay, I'm just having fun. Okay, it's okay to have fun. So to wrap this up, let me just leave you with two questions of these two core values. Jesus is at the center. How are you relying on him in everything you do? How are you relying on him in everything you do? And, and on the back of your newsletter, there's some great questions for you to talk about. And, and if I can encourage you to do one thing this week is start your, with your core values. I found out an interesting piece of information. Do you know that you will live longer and a better quality of life if you're a person who has a mission statement? For real. Because that's a person who's on a, who's on a trajectory, moving in a direction. And that'll extend the quality of your life and the length of your life. And core values, it's like this. What kind, of, what kind of fabric do you want your life to be? Something that's easily torn apart or strong, beautiful, made with love, just like this quilt? That's what I want my life to look like. And then number two is we believe in progress over perfection. If, if, if you're in this church and you're feeling like you've got to be perfect, i got news for you. We just want perfect progress okay and what that means is we can't get satisfied with where we are now we're moving towards progress but sometimes with progress guess what happens you go back a couple steps isn't that right when you fall down or you hurt your knee but that's part of the progress isn't it and Jesus is helping us and the question is how are you becoming more like Jesus every day Striving for that. That's just, I just want to be more like Jesus. This week, this week, I want to be more like Jesus. Okay? With, with the whole family. I want Jesus to be admitted in that core thread of love, patience. Ooh, I'm going to need a lot of patience this week. How about you? What, what do you got going on this week? 
What do you got going on this week? How are you going to need more of Jesus and less of you this week? And, and how do we do this? How, how can we do this? It's real simple. Just imitate people who you admire, who, you are, who are examples for you in this way. I got people that I admire and I'm looking up to and I'm following them. Jesus, number one, but there's people that I see in their stage of life that I want to follow. Let's take the communion. Going back to Colossians 1, verse 19. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself to all things. And I want to just tell you, th this, this idea of Jesus reconciled us, I, I want you to understand how powerful it is. See, because you and I, you and I, were taken hostage. I want you to imagine a, a bank situation. You're going into the bank to cash a check or to deposit a check. And, and in comes the bank thieves with guns. And you're fearing for your life. How's this going to turn out? And it's not just you. There are a number of people in the bank with you, and you're being taken hostage. But someone comes along and say, I'll take all of these people's place. Take me. Knowing that they're going to be killed so you can walk free. How, how would that feel for you to walk out of that bank knowing that you're safe and you're free? And as you look back, you see the person who took your place, knowing they're not going to get out of this alive. They're going to be killed. That's what Jesus did for you and me. See, he rescued us. He went into that dirty, dark, violent situation that we deserved, that we earned, because it wasn't just that we were taken hostage. We, we kind of gave ourselves over to be hostages, didn't we? We decided. He says, I'm going to set you free from that. And not only am I going to set you free, I'm going to elevate your value. And so I want you to walk out of here today knowing this. You're a daughter and a son of God. And just like this quilt, you're priceless. And what you're about to take is the price that Jesus paid for your rescue. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. Wow. For the incredible message of Jesus. Father, we, we beg you right now in the name of Jesus that you'll help us to reset our lives. Because I know, God, just like me, we're all coming in here with different mindsets and different things going on in our lives, and you know. Father, maybe there's some people here that their lives are being torn apart. I pray that we can reset right now, take the communion, and ask for forgiveness and, and, and ask for this chance to, to reset to be forgiven of the mistakes, the distractions, the worries that have overtaken our focus. Father, thank you for Jesus. God, we want to put him at the center. We want to put him at the top. God, we want to walk on this earth admitting Jesus, just filled with conviction about Jesus because of what he did for us. It's a priority to us, God, to be in close fellowship with you. 
Please forgive us, God. Bless us, this, uh, this communion that we're about to take. God, the body and the blood of Jesus, help us to remember it and take it and treasure it. We love you. Bless us. Help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, well, I'm going to just tell you about a little bit of story about quilts in the South. In churches, when a young couple is going to get married, about 10 or 15 women come together, and they lay out this huge piece of cloth, and each one of the women begin fashioning their part of the quilt. And then when they're finished, they give that quilt to that young couple who's getting married. And they, they, they say, this is for you, done with love, for your future, so that you as a couple can be held together by our love. I want you to understand that 
what we're doing as a church is, 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 you know, we're much more than an organization. It's, it's like a family where we each have our piece of the quilt, and we're all, we're all putting it together. And there's somebody that we haven't even met yet that's going to need a refuge. It's going to need a, a blanket to come in out of the cold, and that's what we do. So I want, I want to encourage you this week to work on your part of the quilt. And, and get that thread that's important, that's your core value, and start working on it. And together, this is what makes us, you know, last night we, we celebrated Valentine's with, uh, with the couples. And it, for those of you who were there, it was awesome just to, just to celebrate what we have. But, but I had to take a step back. Even the gentleman who was emceeing the event, he couldn't help but notice what holds us together is the church. It's how couples met. It's how couples stayed together. And that's the power of this, this quilt that we weave together. So if you're kind of out there, I want to I encourage you to come back in and, and begin working on your part and your group. Amen? So I'm going to let you go now. Uh, God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. And, you know, you can go and, and, and have breakfast together, have lunch together, early lunch. But I want to encourage you this week to begin working on your threads for your life. Amen? Let's go ahead and close out with a word of prayer, and then you'll be dismissed to grab your kids, and we'll begin setting up for our next service. Father, we thank you this morning for Jesus. God, we pray that today you'll help us, uh, Father, to work on our part of the quilt. God, we need your help to do that. We ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, to be with us and help us. Help us to encourage each other today and follow each other where we see an inspiration. We love you, God. Help us all. We all got a week in front of us, God, where we need your help. Thank you. We love you that you're there for us, and we're not alone. Be with us and help us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful afternoon.